And welcome to another episode of G220 Radio. This is Ricky Gantz, and we are doing a double header. And I say we because right now it's 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 me by myself. But at nine, we will be continuing this series in our part four uh, because last week we had to re reschedule. Uh, the program. And so we want to wrap up this series here dealing with the 70 resolutions from Jonathan Edwards. And so we collectively as G220 Radio are doing a doubleheader here tonight. Uh, We have this one here for you now earlier than our normal time. And then once this one is over, we will go live again at our normal time and finish up this series. And Mike will be with me uh, for that part four. But as we get into this, because uh, it, it is vitally important uh, as we look at this, as we've come into a new year, we've come into a new year and often people make resolutions. Uh, they make these New Year's resolutions uh, that they plan to maybe get fit or to change their diet uh, or to pursue a certain type of career path. And, and they've got a system down or they've got some some things written down that they are going to seek to achieve in the, the new year. And so we thought that it would be good to go through these resolutions from um, Jonathan Edwards. Again, he has 70 of them that he writ, wrote over the course of a year uh, in his life uh, at a very young age. And so we, we thought it would be interesting to go through these, and, and we've been doing that, and we've got to uh, number 35 uh, is where we left off. And so we're going to go ahead and jump right into that because, again, it is, as we've said on the previous two shows where we dealt with, or we started this, had an introduction into it, and kind of got going into these resolutions and then continued uh, the last time we were here dealing with the resolutions One of the things that just kept coming back up is this idea that it is important for us to remember, to remember what we have read from the Word of God, what God has done in our life, uh, or things that we are putting down to to be disciplined in in our lives and in our walk with the Lord, to be remembering of those things because we often need constant reminders. Uh, and so it can help us if we review these things. It's, it's like we, we've said on the show many times going through our Proverbs series that there's so much practical wisdom in the book of Proverbs. And as we, as we learn and glean from the book of Proverbs, we can take from it wisdom that's practical that we can apply into our lives. And so therefore, in doing so, uh, we have to constantly be reading the Word of God to be able to take that wisdom in. That's why we've heard it said, we've said it on the show, um, not that we're the originators of this, but uh, to whoever is the originator of this, uh, give them credit, but that read a proverb a day. There's 31 proverbs. You read a proverb a day, you're taking in the Word of God, you're getting in that wisdom, uh, and then applied uh, is, that's what wisdom is, knowledge applied. And so uh, we can do that. And as we look at these resolutions, I think it can be helpful for us to remember. And again, not saying as we've done this, that you have to take everything that Jonathan Edwards wrote out in his resolutions, but there are some things in here that we can take in and apply it in our lives and, and how uh, beneficial that could be. So kicking in here at number 35, it says resolved. 
Whenever I so much question whether I have done my duty as that my quiet and calm is thereby disturbed to set it down and also how the question was resolved. And he annotated this. This again was in his, in his uh, um, diary. Uh, and this was annotated from December 18th of 1722. Like I said already earlier, and Mike brought out when he was giving us a bio that this was written over the course of a year. And so he's got dates in here in his diary, and these resolutions are what we've pulled from it, these things that he has resolved to apply. And this one here, whenever I so much question whether I have done my duty, and we think about this uh, from a biblical pers perspective, right? Thinking about it from, from a, uh, in, in a, in a heavenly mindset. When you think about what God has called us to do, what is the will of God in my life? What has he called me to do? And as I, I read the scriptures, as I learn and glean from, as I mentioned, the Proverbs or, or, or uh, the Gospels uh, or the theology that's laid out by Paul in, in his letters, as we look at this and we apply these things in our lives and we think about and question, as he is saying, whether I have done my duty, done my duty as a Christian, that I, I am walking these things out, and I, and I question this, and that my quiet and my calm is disturbed. So if, 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 if I'm questioning, am I doing my duty, and I'm not feeling as if I'm comfortable with my walk with the Lord, I have to set these things down and get to the heart of this question. Have I done my duty? Am, am I walking in step with the Word of God? And, and we can apply this to, to any other aspects as well. I mean, think about in your, your daily life, whatever, whatever type of job you may have, and you go to work on a daily, and it is required of you to perform a certain task at your job. And you can say, am I performing that? Can I sit back and have a calm and quiet uh, spirit about what I'm doing in the workplace. And, and if I can say that, then then great. But if if I'm not, if I'm unable to say that, then I'm, I'm questioning, okay, what am I doing that's not bringing about this peace within me in my workplace? But ultimately, more importantly, spiritually, um, what am I, what am I not doing that is, uh, what is the hindrance there, I should say? What is hindering me from that peace about doing my duty before the Lord? And I think, I think that's what, what Jonathan Edwards is getting at here in this resolution, number 35. Number 36 says, Resolved never to speak evil of any, except I have some particular good call for it. And this is, again, another one that we've seen in previous resolutions. This idea of not speaking evil of others, right? Unless there's a, a good call for it. Uh, and again, he, he has made this um, comment again on, on previous uh, resolutions. But this idea that we are to speak, speak well of others. We are to, again, unless it's for good cause. When I look at a couple scriptures here, I think of, of James where it talks about bridling the tongue, right? Uh, in our Proverbs series, we've talked about this quite a bit. Proverbs 13, 3 says, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. 
he who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Um, Proverbs 2019 says, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, therefore do not associate with a simple, simple babbler. So rather than thinking very low of others and speaking very uh, negatively of others, not that there isn't a time and place for it. And I think that's what, what Edwards is, is says here when he says particular or except I have some particular good call for it. If there is justification for calling something out or calling someone out, uh, then then that is that is perfectly in line with Scripture uh, to do that to to stand upon the truth to call out those who are who are um, walking in such a way that's bringing reproach upon the name of Christ, whether it be their teaching or their 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 conduct. And so uh, there is a place for it. But this is, I think, when we think about this, and we just talked about this in, in Sunday school uh, this last week on the Lord's Day, just this idea of how we speak to other, other people, especially believers, but even to the unbelievers. Again, not that we, we coddle every sin or we compromise on sin, are we those who have a disposition of, of grace in our speech? Are we those who, who display uh, love when we are communicating with, with others? I think it is important that we consider those things and think about those things uh, because, again, they are, they are important, uh, absolutely important. Uh, verse 37 says, or not verse 37, excuse me, number 37 in the resolutions from Jonathan Edwards says resolved to inquire every night as I am going to bed, wherein I have been negligent. What sin have I committed and wherein have I, wherein I have denied myself also at the end of every week, month and year. This is just, again, that, that call to reflect upon the day. Uh, and, and he's even taking it farther and saying, every day I'm doing this. I'm, I'm reflecting upon the day as I'm going to bed, reflecting upon, have I sinned today? What sins have I committed today? And, and confessing them before the Lord, making those right before God to have peace. And, and he says, wherein I have denied myself. Um, have I have I denied myself, picked up my cross, and followed Christ, or have I gave in to those desires that are ungodly, right? And he says also at the end of every week, month, and year. So he's he's doing this uh, every at the end of every week, going back and reflecting. End of every month, going back and reflecting, and the end of every year, going back and reflecting. And we should be able to see, especially if we do this every day. And I think this is a good practice. I'm not saying I'm perfect in this, but when we think about this, as you go to bed to think upon these things, what have I sinned against God today? Where have I sinned against God today? Let me make that right with God before I go to sleep. And if we do that every single day, I think as Jonathan Edwards is saying here, he has resolved to do that. If we do that every single day, by the time we come to the end of the week, we can sit back and look and say, okay, I've done these things. Have I progressed throughout that week? From that day one of this week when these things took place and I came before the Lord and I, I repented and I confessed them before God, 
day two, I didn't do those things. Maybe I, I saw other sins in my life that I needed to confess and repent of before God and so forth. As the, the weeks go by, as the months go by, as the year goes by, we should be able to look at our lives and say, there's been growth. Not perfection this side of heaven. Jonathan Edwards would not have been a sinless perfectionist. But there should be growth. There should be Christian maturity that is taking place from uh, growing in a week, in a month, and in a year. As you look back, there should be growth spiritually. There should be growth in us. We should be maturing in Christ that we are repenting of our sins daily, confessing our sins before the Lord. And we know that the Bible says that He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness when we bring them before the Lord because we have an advocate with the Father who is Christ Jesus. And so when we think about this and we, we, we can come to Christ who, who died for our sins and, and we, can, we can confess them, repent of them, and be at peace with God every single night before we go to bed, again, we should be able to look back throughout the, the week, month, and year and see growth. And if there's not growth there, then again, we need to resolve to, to, to really dig in and think and to see what is it that is keeping me or hindering me in my walk with the Lord. And it, it could be uh, many, many things that, that come to mind. I won't go down too much of a rabbit trail, but it could be maybe you're not spending time in the Word of God. And so by not being in the Word of God, which the Word of God says, I will hide it in my heart, hide His Word in my heart, that I might not sin against Him. So if, if you're in the Word of God, the Word of God is active like a two-edged sword, piercing to, to the very soul. Uh, the Word of God brings forth conviction upon us as the Spirit moves and brings the Word to, to, to memory as we are maybe tempted with a temptation to, to sin um, God gives us a way out. But maybe if we're not reading the, the Bible, that becomes a hindrance for us. Uh, if we're not in prayer with God, then that could become a hindrance for us. If we're not treating our spouse correctly, uh, right, and in a way that would honor God, that can become a hindrance for us. Maybe we are in a church that is not biblical, and they're not teaching biblical truths. They're uh, they're um, progressive, they're, they're liberal in their theology, and they're denying biblical truths and teaching things contrary to the Word of God. And you may be a genuine Christian, maybe a new believer that doesn't know as well because you're not in the Bible as much and you're not being taught, that could be a hindrance. So those are things that could possibly hinder. But as we look through the year, the months and the weeks, and even the day, we should be able to look back and see growth. Uh, and so if there's uh, a hindrance in that, when we look back over the year and say, have I grown in 2024 from my walk with the Christ with, with Christ at the beginning of 2023? And you can look at that and, and reflect upon it. 
And, and uh, Edwards is saying here that he's resolved to do that every night as he's going to bed to look back and see in areas where he has neglected uh, to, to uh, um, uh, uh, deny himself, where he has neglected and sinned against God. All right. Resolution number 38. It says, resolved never to speak anything that is ridiculous, sportive, or matter of laughter on the Lord's Day, Sabbath evening. Now again, um, Jonathan Edwards was a Puritan, a, a uh, highly regarded Puritan of Puritans, and I know that when we come to the Lord's Day Sabbath, as someone who is Reformed, uh, I do believe that the Lord's Day is a day that we should guard, that we should keep. Uh, I don't think that, personally... Um, that we should be signing up our children, I have children, um, maybe you do too, for sporting events, sporting things that will keep them out of Lord's Day worship. I think that can become a hindrance to them uh, if they're in Christ. It, it kind of reflects that it's not as important as we say it is, like if we are Christians and we say, hey, the Lord's Day is important. We are to gather together, not to forsake the assembling together as the church on this day. And if we do these things, it kind of shows those around us that it is not really as important as we say with our mouth because our, our actions and deeds are not, um, they're not living up to what we're saying, the importance of the Lord's Day. And I know there are some that that take a very, very strict Sabbatarian view. Um, and here, he's, he, Edwards is saying that he has resolved never to speak anything that is ridiculous. So being considerate of or, or considering what he says on the Lord's Day, the things he laughs about on the Lord's Day, the things he participates in on the Lord's Day, you know, and, and again, I think that um, wherever you are, uh, I, I, I don't think that it, this is not an issue that I would divide over brothers and sisters in Christ if they were um, decided to go to a, a park on the afternoon with their family to enjoy the beauty of God uh, and, and, and eat in a picnic or something like that and spending time with their children uh, as they rest on the Lord's Day in the time that they have with their family, but not to forsake the assembling to do these things. And hopefully I'm being clear there. Uh, but Edwards is saying, you know, never to speak anything that is ridiculous, supportive, or sportive, uh, or a matter of laughter on the Lord's Day. Like I said, there are some that take a very strict Lord's Day Sabbath, and then there are some that are very, very laxed. And I'd say I'm kind of more along the side, more along the lines of, of um, more strict in that, wanting to uh, observe the Lord's Day uh, and keep it holy, um, maybe not going as far as some would, uh, but still think it's a day of reverence and a day of rest that we should rest in the Lord, uh, gather together and to meditate and to think upon those things. And so I think that's what we can definitely glean here from uh, Edwards on this Sabbath evening um, that he wrote this. Okay, so number 39, resolved never to do anything that I so much question the lawfulness of as that I intend at the same time to consider and examine afterwards whether it be lawful 
or no, except I as much question the lawfulness of the omission. So participating, he's, he's resolving to not participate in anything that he questions the lawfulness of. And we, we got to think about this. There are things that are just plain cut and dry on the books, where, wherever you may live. Uh, there may be different laws within your city, um, in your state, uh, for different things. But there are some things that we know without a shadow of doubt, like you don't, you don't murder. Um, theft is going to get you in trouble. But he's saying here, the things that, if I even have a question that this might be unlawful, I'm not going to participate in it. And even deeper in a spiritual sense, is this some a lawful practice that would, I know when we talk about law, I mean, we're reformed here, so we're not so opposed to uh, mentioning the law. Um, but I know some brothers and sisters who, um, uh, especially those who are uh, new covenant, maybe, uh, so to speak, uh, although they may use a different terminology now, but free from the law, so um, not looking at the laws in the same way. But I, I think when we think about this in a spiritual sense, that anything that could be unlawful before the Lord, not to participate in it. <clears throat> and so, I think not even to, not even to, to, um, if, if there's a question, just a, a question that could this be unlawful, I'm not going to partake. I'm not going to partake. You know, um, and I think that's that's what he's saying here. I, one of the examples that's coming to my mind, uh, because I I don't believe it's sinful to drink alcohol, but I do believe that the Bible is clear that drunkenness is a sin. But if somebody has a a consideration that that this, there's a question, is this unlawful for me? Would this be sinful for for me to partake of this? Then if it's a don't even do it. Don't even partake. Don't even don't even just forego it. Do nothing with it. Don't even don't even think about taking a drink. I'm gonna take a drink of this water though. That's why I look forward to the nine o'clock hour uh, when uh, Mike is with me. Although we did want to keep up. So this was on me here trying to, to keep this thing rolling. But don't even, don't even consider it. He's saying, I never to do anything that I so much question the lawfulness of. And so that's what he's saying here. So verse or number 40 in his resolutions. <clears throat> Resolved to inquire every night before I go to bed whether I have acted in the best way I possibly could with respect to eating and drinking. So again, lawfulness, and then he's going into this re resolution of inquire every night. We, we've already seen him talk about inquiring every night, going and thinking about the day in ways in which he's sinned. Now, even thinking deeply about before I go to bed, whether I've acted in the best way I possibly could with respect to what I've eaten and what I've drink what I drink or I had to drink that day. I mean, that's, that's another thing that we've mentioned or I've mentioned in this series that we've done going through the resolutions is how deeply these Puritans think about things. I mean, 
because if I'm being honest, when I go to bed, I'm not thinking unless, unless I've got an upset stomach because I, I decided I don't like Taco Bell, but I was going to go ahead and have some Taco Bell. And now I'm having some stomach issues because of Taco Bell. And then I might think like, why did I, why did I do that? Every time I eat there, it just upsets my stomach. So why do I do it? Other than that, I, I can't say there's there's a a consistent thought pattern of what did I eat today? What did I what did I drink today? Have I acted in the best possible way that I could have with that? I mean, it's something that that obviously Edwards is considering as important in his life. Uh, and again, these resolutions does not mean as we go through these that these are things that we automatically have to apply to our lives, but they do give us something to think about and to consider as we make those types of resolutions or resolutions that are fitting to us in the new year, uh, in our walk with Christ. It doesn't even have to be a new year. You can at any time say, oh, you know, what? I'm going to resolve to do this and I'm going to put forth this practice and I'm going to seek to be disciplined in continuing this out every single day for the rest of this year and so forth. And I think think that these are things we can really consider. But thinking about what did I eat today? What did I drink today? And did I do that in the best possible way that I could? And I don't think that's being too um, pious or, or um, too religious to, to think these things through. I think it is it is really considering and thinking deeply about the Bible says whether we eat, whether we drink, whatever we do, do unto the glory of God. And sometimes, I mean, we can overeat. We can be a glutton, which would be sinful to, to, to be gluttonous over food and indulge in way too much of something um, when it's, it's not bringing glory to the Lord in that practice. It's not helping and um, um, healthy for us in our, in our physical sense, in our bodies. Um, it's not making the best use of our, our finances to overindulge in things that we um, don't necessarily need. And again, not that you can't enjoy something, but am I making the best possible uh, use of it? in the things that I eat and drink. I just, that's one that again, like I, I think about that as something I don't think about on a regular basis. Uh, number 41, resolve to ask myself at the end of every day, week, month, and year, wherein I could possibly in any respect have done better. I think this is just a, a reiteration of one that we've already uh, looked at. But this idea of looking back at the end of every day, week, month and year and seeing, asking the question, could I have done better? And I think that in any respect, could I have done better? When we think about that, I think if we're honest, we would say, yes, I could have done better today. I could have done better this week or this last month. I could have done better last year. We're very big here on evangelism. Uh, we like to encourage people to get out, share the faith, um, be a witness for Christ, tell people about Jesus, um, and we like to get out and do open-air preaching. Uh, we like to set things up. But this year has kind of been um, a hindrance 
due to health reasons, due to uh, a work schedule, due to so many things kind of uh, not allowing me to do as much as I have done in the past in getting out there, uh, still able to evangelize, still able to hand out a track every day, but not able to go out and do uh, the, the outreaches like I would like to do. So I look back at that and say, there's got to be ways in which I can manage my time and, and, and even health, manage my health better so that I'm able to do more of these things that I desire to do for unto the Lord, um, without again, neglecting the other areas of my life that are important as well, like discipling my family, um, being there to be for my, for my wife, uh, as her husband and my husbandly duties, um, the things in the house that need to be taken care of, uh, spiritually speaking, which is the most important thing that we can think about these things, my Bible intake and prayers and and the discipleship within my to my children, devotionals, uh, things like that that I can look back and say, ah, oh, we could have done better here, or I could have uh, managed this time better. And so we can think about and reflect upon these things all the time. And and he is definitely bringing this up more than once. That is something again we need to remind ourselves of. Number forty-two: resolved frequently to renew the dedication of myself to God which was made at my baptism, which I solemnly renewed when I was received into the communion of the church and which I have solemnly remade this 12th day of January. So as he's saying, frequently to renew the dedication of myself to God. Now, I don't believe Edwards was one. Now he was um, reformed in the sense he would have practiced pedo uh, baptism. Um, but which is what we would disagree with as as Baptists. But even to think about this and to um, frequently renew my dedication, not to to be dedicated to Christ over and over again in the sense of somebody that says they get saved and then they fall away and come back and says they get saved again and fall away and come back. I don't think that's what Edwards is is conveying here. But it's this idea of of dedicating because again we can we can start to deviate from the path not that one loses their salvation or they they become less of a child of god but there can become hindrances in our walk and so this idea to renew myself uh back to god uh renew the dedication of myself back to god if i made it if i have dedicated my life to the lord um, then to, to, to think upon these things, meditate upon these things, uh, and to get back in step, get back in line with God. And that may mean I need reflection on, again, going back to the last one, have I sinned today? Have I, things I've, I may have done this, this week or this month, this last year, that I can reflect upon and do better in, uh, to improve by um, being more disciplined in areas that I may have lacked discipline in. I think those can be helpful things. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I don't think necessarily when we think about baptism that personally as a Baptist and knowing that there are those who have been baptized and then look to their baptism as the means of justification for their faith, I think we would want to avoid that. And I don't think, I don't think Edwards 
here would, would necessarily be saying that uh, of a false convert. But in anything, whenever you are struggling, like when I would counsel an individual uh, that would struggle with their assurance of, of salvation, and I would ask them, well, what are you, what are you looking at for the basis of your insurance? Because if it's your works, then you can always say, well, I'm not doing enough. I need more. I need to do this. And so the same thing could be said if, if you're looking to your baptism and saying, well, I was baptized at eight years old. So therefore, all I do is I look back to my baptism. So in that sense, I would say, and again, I'm not, I don't know specifically or, or 100% that this is what Edwards is speaking of, um, knowing that being baptized as an infant would have been, would have been their practice. But I, I wouldn't say to someone, look back to your baptisms. I'd say, look to Christ. Always, whenever you're struggling with your assurance, you look to Christ. Always look to Christ. Don't look to your works. Now, those may be evidences of the, the fact that Christ is in you, but look to Christ. Look to what He has done. Look to what He has promised of those who have put their faith in Him. And so always look to Christ. All right, number 43, resolved never henceforward till I die to act as if I were any way my own, but entirely and altogether God's agreeable to what is to be found. And so what is to be found in. And so until the day he dies to consider, to reflect upon that he is not his own but he is entirely and altogether God's. I think if we were to truly consider what he's saying here, and we think of the life of Paul, to live as Christ, to die as gain, and, and that he has been crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. If we live in such a way that we know and we have resolved in our hearts, in our minds, that we belong entirely to Christ. That should open up a lot of areas in which, as humans, we may be fearful to engage. We may be fearful to go to this country because it's dangerous to go and share the gospel. We may be fearful to go into this community in our neighborhood or around our neighborhood that is a dangerous community to share the gospel because I belong entirely to Christ. I'm His. I belong to Him altogether. I am not my own. Now, again, I'm not saying that we, we should be unwise in, in um, the decisions in which we seek to, to go and share the gospel, but I think that if we think and consider upon these things that we don't belong to ourselves, but we belong to, to, to God, then that would eliminate a lot of fear that we may be uh, holding on to that's keeping us back from doing things for the Lord. Because maybe we're fearful of men, or fearful of death, or fearful of going to prison. Um, not for, for breaking the law, but for uh, not for doing something wicked or evil or sinful, but because we are standing for the truth of Christ. Uh, whereas if we if we fully are committed to knowing that we belong to God, we're not our own, 
then uh, I think it would make it uh, easier in practice, in 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 thought, and indeed uh, to live that out uh, before others. Uh, and and in our missionary work, our evangelistic work, um, in, in in every area of life, uh, to be agreeable to that that we belong to God. All right, number forty-four. Give me a. Okay, so resolved that no other end but religion shall have any influence at all on any of my action and that no action shall be in the least circumstance any otherwise than the religious end will carry it. Now, I know we've had this conversation uh, on the program before when we've talked about this. Um, it's one of my pet peeves. Um, I understand the sentiments that people are seeking to, to make Christians well-meaning Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, when they say it's not a religion, it's a relationship. That's not the way it's been viewed throughout church history. Um, yes, it is a relationship with Christ. Absolutely, 100%, Christians have a relationship with Christ. And they have a relationship of friendship, of, of peace with God. Whereas unbelievers also have a relationship with Christ, it's one of enmity. It's not one of peace, but they still have a relationship. Uh, it's just not a good one. So yes, we as Christians have a relationship, but we also have a religion. And to have religion is not a bad thing, and it's never been viewed that way. Um, it is the practices of thinking that your religious works will justify you. That's where I think people want to put an emphasis on the fact that we do not work for salvation. And so by keeping these religious practices in a way in which to justify one, they want to speak against, and so then pretty much throw the baby out with the bathwater. And, and, and that's not the view of religion throughout history. It's not even the view. If you just look up the definition of what a religion is, to adhere to a set of beliefs and practices and to follow uh, one in which you you worship, which for us as Christians, there's only one to worship, um, the only one true and living God and who has revealed himself to us through his son, Jesus Christ, who is the son of God, second person of the Trinity, who came and died on the cross to save sinners from their sin. And so there's only one way, there's only one God, and there's only one true religion. And that is what we find in Christ. And so that's why we call ourselves Christians, because we are Christ followers. Um, and so religion is not a bad word, but he's saying that not that no other end but religion shall have any influence at all on any of my actions. And so, again, not to be religious, because Edwards was not teaching a justification by works ever. So therefore, we're, we're, we're looking at this religion and saying, no, this set of beliefs in which I live out my, my faith, there's practices. When we look at the Word of God, and it tells us to walk in the Spirit, and when we walk in the Spirit, these things will be evident in us. 
When the Bible speaks of the qualifications for an elder or a, a, a deacon in a church, it's giving forth qualifications of how one would walk out and live out their lives. When the Bible says these sins will not, in, these unrighteous and list sins will not inherit the kingdom of God, the king, and it tells you don't walk in these ways, but walk in the spirit. You're, you're walking by a set of beliefs. God says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And so his commandments are not burdensome to those who are in Christ. And so we're walking these things out as a Christian. We have a religion. We have a set of beliefs. And we are, are practicing those set of beliefs. And he's saying, I'm not going to live by other, any other end. I'm not going to be influenced by any other end um, than these practices, this set of beliefs in which I get from the scripture, as the scripture is the final authority. Um, and so I believe that when we consider these things and look upon it and reflect upon, religion's not a bad thing. We all have a religion. We all follow a set of beliefs. Uh, even atheists do. Um, all right, number 45. Resolved never to allow any pleasure or grief, joy or sorrow, nor any affection at all, nor any degree of affection, nor any circumstance relating to it, but what helps religion? I see a theme here. He wrote this the same, same day and the next day. Um, so resolved never to allow any pleasure or grief, joy or sorrow, nor any affection at all, nor any degree of affection, nor any circumstance relating to it, but that, but what helps religion? What helps my beliefs? What helps my the practices in which I walk out my faith in, right? And so this is one of those things when we, when we think of Puritans and we think of how seriously they desire to be pure before the Lord, they get a bad rap. Um, I think often it's painted as the scarlet letter um, would paint Puritans. Um, and, and, but they desired to live holy before the Lord. And I don't think that's something that we should we should um, try to speak down to, speak down upon a desire to be holy. The scriptures tell us to be holy, for he is holy. The scriptures tell us to be perfect, for he is perfect. Now, not in the sense of those sinless perfectionists uh, that are going around and saying, you know, once you become a Christian, you never sin. But there should be a desire, there should be a desire to not to do those things which are unpleasing to God, but those that are pleasing to God. And so whether it be, he says, any pleasure or grief, joy or sorrow, nor any affection at all. And he's pulling to the heart of the affections here, these emotions here, uh, nor any degree of affection, nor any circumstance relating to it, but that would helps religion. Um, and, and again, I think religion gets a bad rap, I don't think he's using it in the way that many people would often try to uh, uh, apply it today. But in the sense of these are the, the, the beliefs in which I walk out my faith. Uh, these are the practices that I adhere to. And so it's not a bad thing to consider these things. Again, uh, to really think deeply, deeply about this. All right, we're going to have to wrap it up here soon um, because we're going to have to go into uh, part four, our final. But number 46, resolved never to allow the least measure of any fretting, uneasiness at my father or mother, 
resolved to suffer no effects of it so much as in the least alteration of speech or motion of the eye, uh, of Eve, my Eve, uh, and to be especially careful of it with respect <coughs> respect to any of our family. So this idea of never to allow the least measure of any fretting or uneasiness um, with mother or, or father. And I'm going to look up this here. Fretting. Um, be constantly or visibly worried or anxious. Uh, to gradually wear away, uh, so by rubbing or gnawing in a, in a uh, uh, another uh, example here. Um, so to be constantly or visibly worried or anxious, to be anxious, to feel uneasy, to be distressed, to be upset. Uh, these are things in which he is saying, I'm resolved never to allow the least measure of any fretting, uneasiness at my father or mother. And this can be difficult, you know. Um, We've moved my mother in with us who has had a couple of strokes. So you can be praying for her. She does not know the Lord. And um, she can be a difficult person to, to be around. And this is something as I'm, I'm reading this and, and thinking about this in, in the way that our speech, motion of our eyes, like just in any respect in the interaction with uh, my mother, and with his, as he's saying, mother or father, uh, and any family member, that how am I interacting with them? My wife and I was talking about this, uh, again, from a, a discussion that came about uh, in our Sunday school class, just this idea of when we respond in a certain way, in anger, or we respond uh, snarky or, or with a sharp tongue, it really says a lot about what's going on in our hearts rather than the difficult person. And they may be difficult. Uh, they may not make it easy to be around, but we are to think about how we respond. So we have a mother or father who, who may be difficult to interact with. How do I respond? And he's saying, I'm resolving to not be upset, to not be anxious or feel uneasy in my interactions with them. And so it is definitely something to consider, especially when you uh, you consider like in, in our situation, bringing in my mother who's had a couple strokes, who has these early signs of, of maybe a dementia setting in or, or where she doesn't really remember things as much. Like she'll tell you something one day and the very next day, completely forget what she has said. And, and that can be a struggle to watch and to see those things happening, the, the deterioration of the mind and body. Um, that happens as we get older and, and uh, because of the effects of sin in our lives, um, just because of the result of the fall. Um, and even more so when these individuals are unbelievers because you desire them to come to know the Lord. And that can be difficult. But we should really consider our speech and our motions, how we interact with them. Something to really consider. Uh, I know I, I'm thinking about it now as I'm talking through this. Uh, just ways in which I can um, glorify the Lord in my interactions and, and grow in my patience towards uh, those who may be difficult uh, around me, family members or even not family members. So number 47, resolved to endeavor to my utmost to deny whatever is not most agreeable to a good and universally sweet and benevolent, quiet, peaceable, 
contented, easy, compassionate, generous, humble, meek, modest, submissive, uh, obliging, diligent, and industrious, charitable, even patient, moderate, uh, even patient, moderate, forgiving, sincere temper, and to do all and to do at all times what such a temper would lead me to examine strictly every week whether I have done so. Man, think about those things. Just again, continuing with our our attitude, our speech, uh, whatever is most agreeable to good and universally sweet, benevolent, quiet, peaceable, content. Man, there's a lot there. Make modest, submissive. Again, just reflecting upon it and examining every week whether I've done these things. This is what Edwards is saying here. All right, let me see here what we've got left. All right, let's try to get to 50, and then I'll wrap this up. And we'll be back if you want to come back at 9 o'clock uh, on the G on the G220 Radio YouTube channel uh, and, and uh, uh, join us. All right, so number 48, resolved constantly with the utmost nicest, niceness and diligence and the strictest scrutiny to be looking into the state of my soul that I may know whether I have truly an interest in Christ or no, that when I come to die, I may not have any negligence respecting this to repent of. And again, it's just that reflection, thinking about these things importantly, because there are times, as I mentioned uh, with one that I counseled about assurance of faith, there are times we can struggle. Um, but the constantly with the utmost niceness and diligence and the strictest scrutiny, be looking into the state of my soul, constantly looking into the state of my soul. Uh, Paul tells us to examine ourselves to make sure we are in the faith. And I think that we sometimes do need to scrutinize ourselves. There are times where we have uh, moments of failures in maybe our faith, where we, we lack faith when we should have more faith. And we cry out to the Lord, Lord, help my unbelief, um, help me uh, strengthen my faith, um, increase in our faith, add to your faith, the Bible says in, in uh, Peter. And so it is important for us to, to think about these things, consider these things, and to uh, look into the state of our souls uh, and make sure that we're not running this race in vain. I don't want to run the race in vain. Why do I, what is my motivation behind doing these things? Is it Christ? Is it Christ? Am I looking to Christ for the justification of my faith? Am I looking to Christ for the works that are in me? Or am I doing these things as a checklist, as a thing, because I am religious in a bad sense, not the way in which these Puritans were using it or the way that was used in church history, but in a bad sense of I'm er working to earn something. All right, number 49, resolved that this never shall be if I can help it. That this never shall be if I can help it. And I, I think he would probably be saying, going back to the to the to the the last one that he's writing there. Um yeah, that's a tough one. He really didn't give you much. So it might be pulling from the last one. Uh resolved number 50. Resolved, I will act so as I think I shall judge what have been best. Let me read that again. I will act so as I think I shall judge what have been best and most prudent. When I come into the future world. So again, he's reflecting upon when I go into this next life and I look back at doing those things and I that I would have acted in such a way that I could judge that it would have been the most prudent when I came into this world. So again, we're heavenly minded. We're looking to the world to come, storing up our, our uh, treasures in heaven. And, and am I 
when I'm able to look back and say, I did these things. And, and um, ultimately what we want to hear is Christ say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what we want to hear. Um, but he's reflecting upon these things as he's reflecting upon things in his life. All right. So that's uh, been G220 Radio Part 3 here. I'm going to go ahead and end this one so I can get ready for the next one. Um, but I uh, hope that's been uh, helpful to you. Uh, I know it is a little difficult uh, just listening to me for about an hour, a little under an hour. Uh, but uh, hey, I want to get through these. It's doubleheader. So join us again at nine over on G220 Radio YouTube channel. Uh, and we'll pick this up and Mike will be with me uh, as we do that. So God bless and good night.